stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. And welcome back to another week of the Get Off the Bench podcast. Now, I tell you what, sometimes I hear, in fact, I hear it quite a bit, "Ah, I'm too old for that. And other people say, I'm too young for that. Now, you know, I've had a lot of young people on here because I absolutely believe in young people being our future. But I also love to get people who have retired and say, well, instead of just retiring and, you know, doing nothing, what am I going to do? Now, today I am chatting with Sue Centra, who is a Gippsland legend, and she decided to, well, decided to retire, head off in a caravan, come back and did some um, COVID stuff and really got enthusiastic about the idea about how can I give back? What can I give to my community? And she set up the Sail Traveller Extravaganza. We're going to talk more about that as we go. And, you know, just to get a group of people into sail in the caravans and, you know, to really enjoy not only the community, but to enjoy each other and to build friendships and connections, which is absolutely bloody critical at the moment. So um, you're going to love this, Sue. We'll step you right through step by step. How am I going to set up an event? What am I going to do? You know, how can I do this? You're going to love it. And Sue, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, Sue is extremely passionate and exceptionally enthusiastic, which I absolutely love. So I'm going to stop talking. Let's go. And let me welcome Sue. So welcome, Sue. Hi, Karen. Uh, I'm so bloody thrilled to have you on because a lot of people won't know, you know, we were neighbours for some time and, um, you know, I've been watching what you're doing and, Sue, I absolutely bloody love it. I don't know, like some people kind of retire, we'll talk more about that and then just do nothing, but you just, you just, you sort of contacted me and said, will you come and help me do this group? And if actually I said no, because I didn't feel like I was going to contribute to it, and I think you did a bloody great job without me. Um, Anyway, I think you did a fucking good job, but you organised this amazing event for all your um, caravan buddies and everything else. So I really wanted to get you on and talk about that because we often have people on here that... um, and rightly so, you know, who are doing great things and have got, got great businesses, you know, and, and changing the world and everything else. But what I, I, what I want don't want people to feel like if they're not changing the world, that what they're doing isn't big because it is big and it makes a difference to people's lives. So here we are and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be um, invited by you. There's no doubt about it. We're, um, my husband, Mick, and I are avid listeners to your podcasts and we do <laughs> love listening to them. So I feel really honoured to be, to be asked to be on. So thanks very much. 
Oh, my pleasure. And I'm, I'm bloody glad to have you because what you did was fa- fabulous and other people need to hear about it. So so when so people are going to say, what'd she do? What'd she do? I better get into it, right? So <laughs> you are a member of the Traveller Caravans, Traveller Caravans Australia. And um, tell us more about that for a start because that's what instigated all this. Okay, so where it all come about, um, we purchased a Traveller Caravan six years ago, I think it was. Traveller is an old brand of van that's been in Australia for a long time, made in Australia, well-made caravans, um, and ours is a 2008 model, so it's not a new van by any stretch of the imaginations, but it's a beautiful big 23-foot-6 caravan, which we love dearly. Anyway, for some reason, as things go wrong with caravans, it doesn't matter what brand it is, they all have their little idiosyncrasies. I got onto Facebook, as I do, and thought, oh, maybe there's a group where we can find out how to, you know, fix things or look up things if anyone else has had the same issues. And sure enough, along there was the Traveller Caravan owner's and I thought, oh, beauty. So we joined in there and, uh, you know, we were watching that for quite some time and I noticed that they'd had a get-together um, happening over in Port Elliot around about 2000 and uh, I think it was about 2018 or 19. And we thought, oh, we couldn't make it over to South Australia at the time. And anyway, that's okay. So we just, you know, there was always interesting stuff coming up on the group. And they just seemed a really nice bunch of people. Like they'd answer your questions quickly. They seemed to be knowledgeable, experienced, and and just really, really helpful. And I thought, gee, they're a good group. Anyway, so that's okay. I left work. Um, I worked up at Central Gippsland Health for seven years. And in... 2021 um there was lots of changes happening i was in the executive team there was lots and lots of changes happening up at the hospital and i thought you know it's it's time to move on and um we love to travel in our van so we thought blow it we'll leave work um we sold our farm we had we were homeless basically our home caravan which we're really happy about so off we went and we traveled for six and a half months in 2021 and that's okay. We were ahead of COVID all the way up the coast. COVID had just obviously hit in the March. And yeah. um, we travelled up the coast and we were ahead of COVID all the way. We got up to Cairns and we thought, oh, we can't get back down via New South Wales. We've got to go up and around. We've got to go up through Northern Territory, down through to South Australia. So we thought, oh, well, it doesn't matter. We don't have a home to go home to. <laughs> times you know of of no essence to us we can do whatever we want so down we went down to south australia and we thought oh we we want to have a good look around south australia and of course all the time this post coming up on the um facebook group on the traveler caravan owners facebook group and i went oh there's a get together in wakery we should go while we're in south australia we're going to time it let's go so anyway, we hung around South Australia for sort of three and a half weeks waiting for the, the get-together to happen. And we did some fantastic exploring. We did the Air Peninsula. We did all along the Murray and all this sort of stuff. And I was getting really excited about going to this get-together because <laughs> I love meeting people. I love talking. And I love meeting people. So anyway, we were <laughs> one of the first to get to Wakery and... <laughs> It was just phenomenal to go into that caravan park at Wakery and here's all these traveller caravans. So it was 
it was just like going to sort of a new school, you know. <laughs> you're in there with all these people you're going to be with for the next few days. And, look, we had an absolute ball. So how that came about was back in um, the, the group actually started in 2016 by a guy from Melbourne who started just the group, just the Facebook group. Um, his name is David Horrocks from Melbourne. And there was another lady called Susan Narcisi, I think it was. Um, and the group was just going well, you know, just by chatting and chatting. Anyway, one of the girls from South Australia, Sandy Hinsliff, said, well, look, seeing the group so popular, why don't we get together? Thinking that they might just get a few vans. Well, that wasn't the case. They they huh. decided to do it down at Port Hughes, and that was in 2019. And um, she thought, oh, she might get someone to help her. And Roger Trimper is from Renmark. So Sandy lives near Gawler and Roger lives in Renmark. And they'd never met. They'd seen each other's posts and all that sort of stuff. Never met. So they decided to have this get-together in Port Hughes and they'd never seen each other face-to-face -face until they got to Port Hughes. And then things just went on from there. The, the attendees that went loved it so much. They said, let's do this again and opened it up to different states, of course. Um, Traveller is, is very big in South Australia because the biggest dealership is in South Australia, even though they're made in Melbourne. So Northland Caravans... Um, are very supportive of the people who buy the vans and um, they were actually putting up money to help them run the get-togethers as far as um, a band and things like that because we're, we're a non-financial club. We have no, no president, no secretary, no money exchanges hands. We're just likewise people that love to get together and, and chat and stuff like that. So that's how the group come about. So um, Wakery... They had another one in Wakery after Port Hughes, um, which I think they had about 30 or so vans. But the one that we went to, we ended up with 60 vans. Wow. Which was just phenomenal. And, you know, we made lifetime friends there, which was really special. And we weren't the only ones that that happened to. And anyway, so that's okay. We come home. Um, and when I got home, we'd been home two days. And I got a phone call from the hospital and they asked me to be a team leader for the COVID testing site. And they said, you've got to run. You've got to do the whole thing yourself. Do the rosters, you know, stop the place, run it as you see fit. And my life, has, my career, my working career has mainly been behind a computer uh, doing, you know, that sort of administration type work. So I jumped into the COVID testing site with all feet all arms everything in and I just <laughs> absolutely loved it it was a very high pressure job um but I wanted to make it fun because of the pressure that we were under um the demand that was on us from the government the demand that was on us from the public as well and I thought you know we've got to make this a good place to be because we were we one day it'd rain, the next day we're in 35-degree heat, you know, four seasons of Gippsland. Um, so I really, really put my whole soul into there and it was a huge success. People wanted to come and work there um, and we all felt like we were giving something back to the community. Yep. You know, that was a really important part of, of that job and I got 
a real rush out of all of that. The, every day there was adrenaline, you know, like one day we ended up, I think we had something like, I don't know, 700, 800 cars through in one day. And I had to think on my feet, think on my mm. feet, how are we going to get these cars in? We can't block the roads. We've got to get people through in a timely manner. People were stressed. They were upset. You know, um, COVID was a real worry to a lot of people. A lot of people in that uh, testing site were positive. So I was dealing with a whole lot of emotions through through Mm. that that three months I was there. And I absolutely loved it. And it made me realise I don't want to sit behind a computer anymore. I want to do something where I'm giving back, giving back to the community. So that sort of led in to um, last year um, heading up to the get-together for the Traveller Caravan Group that was in Berry, up on the Murray. Um, we were excited to go again and we knew it was going to be big. They had about 90 vans booked in. And um, just before we left, my daughter said to me, Mum, why don't you have one, a get-together in sale? And I went, oh, that's a good idea. She said, there's so much to offer here. We've got the beautiful showgrounds here. She said, you could do that easy. And as soon as she said it, my cogs just started to tick because I hadn't worked sort of since April the year before mm-hmm. and I was getting itchy feet and I thought I've got to do mm-hmm. And And along come that feeling again of when I got the COVID site going, I could do an event here that's, you know, different but the same sort of thing to the right? And the whole trip over to Berry, I had already nearly organised in my head what I was going to do, but I had no idea what sort of reaction and what interest there was going to be for people to want to come to sale. So anyway, I thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this going? Where am I going to get some ideas from? So I went to the local information centre told them what I was going to do, and they said, oh, yeah, no, that's that's really good. We'll get behind you and take some brochures with you. So that's okay. Did all that, got the goodie bag, got bought the middle of everywhere T-shirt, which is the most fantastic slogan as far as marketing goes to bring people to an area. It's just a fabulous slogan. Anyway, so I bought the middle of everywhere T-shirt. And uh, when we had our official day over at Berry, mind you, there's nearly 200 people there, Um I got up on the microphone, did my, as I do, <laughs> did my spiel, had my brochures, told everyone about sale and and I thought, look, if I get 10 to a dozen caravans, I'll, you know, I'll run it. But if I get six, well, I won't bother. And um, anyway, so I did my spiel and enthusiastic as I get and passionate about things as I do. Um, I got off the microphone and I looked up. And there was a queue of people wanting to talk to me. Wow. And they said to me, wow, we've got to come over there. We've got to come and see this place. And they said, do you work for the information centre? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, well, you damn well should. (laughs) You just explained it. We can just see ourselves there. So I was really excited about this. So I put up sort of an expressions of interest onto the um, the Facebook page and my phone never stopped. It pinged and it pinged and it pinged for the next probably two weeks. And um, I had around about 55 caravans booked in within, within two weeks. Wow. And I thought, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> I've got to try and get something really good organised. And um, so we came home from there and people were really excited and, you know, trying to get dates to fit in with everyone. I thought, no, I'm just going to pick dates. And Roger and Sandy had said to me, keep it simple. Don't make too much work for yourself. And I thought, well, that's really good advice. Um, mm. But I wanted to make it special because, you know, I, it's a special place where we live. Gippsland is beautiful and there's so much to see. And I thought, right, okay, what am I going to do? All these things I wrote down, what I wanted, and I thought, we've got no money. What, <laughs> and I'm not going to use my money. You know, what am I going to do? So I thought I'll go to, and I know that at uh, the Berry get-together, the caravan park paid for the band they had 200 people there. So, of course, they were happy enough to sponsor the band to come and play. And I thought, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I rang up the tourism uh, and event coordinator at our local shire, the Wellington Shire, and her name's Ashley Smurl. And I told her about what I wanted. She said, okay, tell me the history, which I did. And she said, what do you want to get out of this? And she, it was like I was having an interview. And I thought, because she, she said, it's not just about who's coming, it's about what you want because you're the facilitator. And I went, oh, okay. Um, I'm, I want them to have fun. I'm like I'm a fun sort of person. I want them to have a lot of fun and I want them to really enjoy it. And she said, so what, what do you need? And I said, I want a band a really good band. And she said, do you know who you want? And I said, uh, yep. And she said, have you contacted them? And I said, nope. And she said, well, you do that and you get back to me. And she said, what else do you want? And I said, I want a really good logo. I want something catchy because I want people to think, oh, wow, I need to go to that. So she got back to me within a few days and came up with the Sail Traveller Extravaganza. And that was oh. just perfect. Because I thought extravaganza, it's 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 out there. We've got to we've got to get into it. Anyway, then I thought the band. Okay, that's the most important thing. Saturday is our official day. Um, I need a, a good band, and a band had played at my friend's fiftieth ten years ago, and I didn't know whether they were still together or what was going on. Because I did hear that their um, their lead guitarist had passed away about three and a half years ago, mm. and I thought, oh. I wonder if they're still playing. So anyway, I rang Jeff Cross of the Uncles and he said, oh, no, he, oh, that's right, he didn't answer initially and I thought, oh, I better think of someone else. But it's wedding time over in Gippsland, sort of March, April, and I knew it was going to be hard to get someone or a band to come and play, but I didn't want just a band. I wanted someone um, or a band that was entertaining like you're looking at an average of about 65 years old for our group and I thought we can't have any of the new modern stuff we don't need the doof doof stuff you know we want yeah. <laughs> we want you know the 70s and 80s and that sort of stuff yeah. anyway so within a couple of weeks Jeff rang me back and he said oh Sue he said really good to hear from you he said it just so happens we're thinking about reforming the band after the guitarist had passed away. And I said, oh, please, can you please come? I said, I really need you. <laughs> and he said, tell me the history. So I told him the history of 
the group and what I wanted out of the weekend. And he said, oh, well, look, your demographic of people is who we like to play to. You can have a joke with them. You can have fun. And, and he said, it might be a good one for us to, to come back to. So he said, I'll talk to the boys and I'll let you know. So I was so excited by this time. I was absolutely <laughs> beside myself. So I put that aside and I started to plan everything around that. And I always had a pen and paper beside my bed because my mind didn't shut off and I just kept thinking of more things. What can we do? And and um, Ashley um, from the Shire was absolutely fantastic and supported me no end. Um, but we still didn't know anything about money. Didn't know, I didn't know where it was going to come from. So I was a little nervous and a little bit apprehensive and thought, well, yeah. don't get too over the top because you might have to back off on a few things. Yeah. And um, anyway, so Jeff rang me back. No, I rang Jeff within about a week, no answer. And then I rang another member of the band and he said, oh, I'm up fishing in Eden. Oh, look, I'll chase it up and, oh, yeah, I think it'll be okay, but I don't know how much we're going to be. And I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> so kind of long story short, Jeff rang me back the next week and he said, uh, I was very apprehensive when I answered the phone because I thought, what's he going to say? And he said, Sue, we'd love to do it for you. And I was just absolutely over the moon. And I said, how much are you going to be? And he said, look, it, it, it'll cost $1,700. I'm thinking, $1,700. Okay. I said, righto, leave it with me. Yep, book, book it in and I'll get back to you. So I thought, uh-oh. Here we go. And so I rang Ashley and I said, I've got the band. And she said, how much are they? And I said, $1,700. And she goes, how about I give you $2,000? And I just about fell off my chair. She said, we, they do grants to, to, to clubs like ours where they, we're bringing people into the community. And I said, really? She said, yeah, yeah. She said, you got $2,000. You can spend it on food or entertainment, your choice. So I thought, right, that's the band locked in. Still got $300 to spend. And being a typical woman, I, it was burning a hole in my pocket. And I thought, right, what else can I do that's going to be another lift for the club um, or for the weekend? And there was a young boy um, that I'd heard of on just on the local Facebook group. Someone had put up a post saying, um, does anyone know of someone who play acoustic music in the background at my daughter's party, whatever? And this name, Dane Nichols, kept coming up. And I thought, I wonder who this Dane Nichols is. So I looked him up, listened to his music, and I thought, he's perfect. I'll put him on on Sunday. So he's a young and upcoming um, artist in the area and he'd won the Junior Citizenship of the Year over in Stratford and I thought he must be a level-headed young kid. Um, he can come along as well. So I rang him. He said, yes, I'll come and play for a couple of hours. Um, so he came along there's, and he was $300, so there's my money spent. And then I started, kept thinking about lots of things. Um, one of the requests was, um, can you please get the roulettes to fly over? And I went, oh, I've got some contacts, but I'm not sure they're quite that good to get the roulettes to come. So that that was a bit of a joke between, you know, us members and things in the, in the club. Anyway, so um, then I thought about let's have a photo booth. 
photo booth would be fun. Have it over at the, the glass house or there's a massive big committee room at the showgrounds. Um, we'll have a photo booth there because that's always fun. So anyway, um, did my Google researching, found a company in Mubu North that has a photo booth. And I thought, oh, great, and told him the story about it all. He said, I'll waive the $200 fuel fee to come down. you just got to pay the cost to have the photo booth. And I thought, oh, how much is this going to be? Because I've got no money. Like I'm, yeah. I'm fresh out of money now. I've, I've spent the $2,000. And um, anyway, so he sent me the invoice, $490. And I thought, oh, there goes the photo booth. And I thought, oh, I know. Go to the local people that um, will get benefit out of all these people coming to the community. And Ken Bailey, who manages Sporting Legends in Sale, has a traveller caravan and they were coming to the event. And I thought, I'll ask Ken. So I asked Ken and he said, send me the invoice and I'll pay it. Just like that. Wow. So when you actually start to look, Doors are open for you, you know, unexpectedly. It's just a matter of explaining to people what you want to do, what it's going to do for the community, and doors open. There's no doubt about it. Like we bought a, um, a smoker off our local butcher, Ranford's Butchers in Sale, and he bought it around and delivered it. And I was telling him about the get-together. He said, I'll give you 10% off all our meat in the shop. Just get the members to come in with their traveller badge and I'll give them 10% off. Just phenomenal, you know, and it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, yeah. As I said, then doors open. So as time went on, this is all around December, and I'd pick the end of March for our dates, hoping to goodness the weather was going to be good. Um, and leading up to the time, people were dropping off, you know, the list to be able to come for lots of reasons, health yeah predominantly a lot of them, um, COVID was still around. Um, but I had people inquiring from Queensland, New South Wales, South Australia, Victoria, and the most exciting part I found was that it wasn't people that had been to the groups in South Australia. It was new people that oh. wanted to come. So I was really proactive in getting up a really good invitation on our Facebook group because your first impression is your most lasting impression. Yep. So I made sure I got lots of photos of the middle of everywhere, of the 90-mile beach and the swing bridge and all the things that would have interested those people, the Motor Museum over in Mafra, um, the Rabina, the little electric boat that goes down a river, all the things that would have interested our people. I had this fly made up, thanks again to the Shire, they did all that for me. Um, I made all that up and that was my first invitation to come to sale. And I think that was an important factor in getting people to say, wow, we really want to go there. You know, you've got, you've got to have that really... Um, First impression, as I said, is your one. So anyway, that'll worked out okay. Um, people were dropping off, as I said, um, through sickness and problems and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I got down to 45 vans that were going to be my initial um, gathering from what I could see. Anyway, so we went around um, the Greyhound Club were fantastic. They gave out gift vouchers for people to attend and we needed sponsors. We needed people to 
to, you know, we want them to come to our business, so here you are, here's vouchers and things like that. Um, there was all sorts of um, sponsorship, which is your need in these sort of events when you're a non-financial club. Um, we even had a member of the club donate a carbon monoxide alarm to put in a caravan as part of a raffle because that was another thing I'd come up with. Let's have some lucky um, door prizes at our dance party on Saturday night um, because over in Berry they had raffles over there and they had 50 raffles and it went on and on and on oh. and it, it lost its momentum and I thought I'm not doing raffles. I'll just have, you know, prizes at the door, you know, lucky lucky door prizes. So um, I only had about half a dozen prizes, but, you know, even one of the members out of the group donated something which I thought was really special, you know, that was really good. Yeah. So anyway, we got closer to the time. Um, people were getting really excited. It really gathered momentum on the Facebook page. I'd been down to the showgrounds, spoken to the caretakers that were there, I said, we've got 45 vans coming. Um, he said, look, they don't need to pre-book. Just as they come in, just tell them they're with the traveller group and along they can come. So, yeah, that all sounded easy. Everyone was happy with that. So as a lead-up to the weekend coming, I was down there a lot just making sure everything was fine. Where are we going to have happy hour? Where are we going to do this? And, and then the shy turned around and said, how about we have a movie night on Friday night? We'll get a blow-up movie screen and we'll play the man from snowy river on that and i thought oh wow wow that, that'll set a really good vibe you know we're at the yeah. foothills of the high country so yep that sounds good i'd organize food vans i've organized food vans for saturday lunch saturday dinner and sunday dinner so i thought yep that'll be good so my, my band was in place my singer on sunday night was in place everything was in place i had absolutely nothing to worry about well, that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had a phone call from the president of the Ag Society the Saturday before the event, and he said, uh, can you give me a call? And I said, yeah, okay. So I called him and he said, the caretakers are shot through. And I said, oh, I said, I don't have to clean toilets all weekend, do I? That's all I was worried about. I'm thinking I'm going to have 90 people there and I'm going to be cleaning toilets. <laughs> and he said, no, no, look, we've got a plan in place, but you better come up and we'll have a meeting to see what you'd pre-organised with the previous caretakers. So we went and did that and and the, the president of the exercise is a lovely guy, but he's not a caravaner. And anyway, I was a little nervous, but I thought, no, it'll be right. If we just keep an eye things will be okay so most people were getting to the to the get to the extravaganza a couple of days or three or four days before the actual event I'd had a, um, a program put out again done by the Shire um, Mel from the information center could read my brain to what I wanted on a program and the program was out and absolutely fantastic and I kept people on the page Please let me know if you're not going to attend because I'm doing show bags and we'll save us doing name tags. Yeah. And the show I did the name tags, they were just really, really supportive. Anyway, so the lead up, we were decided we'd go up there on the Wednesday prior to the weekend of the extravaganza. And there were already about maybe six fans there. Um, 
And it just, it just, it just happened. They were just queuing outside on the road to come in. And I kept looking and thinking, I don't believe this is happening. Like it was such a thrill. Yeah. It was, and I'm thinking, I made this happen, you know, and it, it, it was the biggest adrenaline rush, um, even though, you know, there's no, I didn't get anything out of it other than just the thrill of having these people come in from all over Australia to to meet yeah. other people and get together and have a good time. So it, it was huge. It was really good. And um, we, all, of course, had unofficial happy hours yeah. <laughs> and to, to the Friday. And um, a few people didn't turn up. We only ended up with 33 bands. I thought I was having 45, but we only ended up with 33, which was fine because it's still yeah. that six people and it was a nice small group it was quite an intimate group in the sense that we could all just chat together there were no people not going off in groups or um, anything like that we all stayed together yeah so that was a huge thrill to think it was finally here and everything was going to come together but (laughs) again there more there was more there was more um, the poor people that came in to help uh, get the get everything together in the showgrounds, the the um, standing caretakers, I suppose, came down from Albury on the Tuesday, and our caravan started to arrive on the Wednesday. Oh. So it was quite it was bedlam. It was an ab- absolute baptism of fire for them. Um, but we coped. There were a few tense moments, but we got people slotted in but the caretakers uh, the previous caretakers had wiped the computers so they didn't know who was in the park when where who paid what so the poor people didn't just have our or my group to deal with they had everyday people coming into that oh no that Robert we'd paid and so there was a lot of stress there was a lot of angst there was it, it, it was bedlam but um, thank goodness ours didn't have to pre-book because they could just come in and pay as, as we went. So that was all okay. Friday was sort of our start of our official happy hour um, and I had had a couple of registration afternoons for people to come in, get their show bags, which we put together with the help of the Information Centre at the Shire and get their name badges and things. And um, I was on my last registration um, lock, I was locking up the room where we had everything and I looked out and here they all were sitting in a circle talking and chatting and, yeah. I, oh, it's happening. I, and I got so emotional. I couldn't believe I'm thinking, Sue, bring yourself together, you know. Like, <laughs> it's just phenomenal to see them, to see them all there. You know, it was just great. Anyway, I walked out. And they all cheered. They all looked at me and they clapped and cheered. And I'm thinking, what's all this about? And I said, what What are you doing? And they said, the roulettes just flew over. And they all had this smoke out and they did a formation over the top of the showgrounds. And I said, I know, I organised that, <laughs> which I hadn't at all. <laughs> so, so they had actually thought I had done it. <laughs> It was just all about the timing and they they were just wrapped. <laughs> it was really, really funny. It was really funny. We had a big laugh about that. 
So um, <laughs> then we got on to the Saturday, which was our official day. And um, we had the welcome. At, at um, I did a speech at eleven o'clock, and just thanking not just the people for coming, but also the sponsors um, yeah. for for really supporting us and and allowing people to um, you know get some discounts within the businesses and also to the shire of thousand mm. dollars um, because without that we wouldn't have had the band and things. So. Um, the day went on really well. We had a, a fantastic um, lunch um, provided by Gippsland Baked Potatoes, which were just beautiful. And he was from down the valley. And um, so that all went well. We had a guest speaker come in who has a business in sale and he weighs caravans and vehicles and things like that because of the legality of towing vehicles nowadays. Um yeah. It's quite a, a minefield, and if you get pulled up and you're overweight, well, that's where you mm -hmm. start. Um, you know, so it's a big important thing. Um, he was our guest speaker. Ryan Fraser was our guest speaker, and um, he had four bookings as a result of wow. coming to our group, and he gave a 10% discount too, which was really lovely of him. And there were a lot of fantastic um, questions from the um, the members to Ryan um, and he was supposed to talk for an hour and I think he was there for two hours. So mm. great topic um, and a lot of people like to hear about things that's associated with caravanning and, and you know, tips and tricks. And I know over at Berry we had a guy talking about solar and going off grid and lithium batteries, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of people got a lot of interest out of that, same as, as Ryan. So um, that was really good. That all went off well and we're all looking forward to our dance party. Um, and then the, the guy from the potatoes rang me on, on his way back to Trelgan and he said, um, I haven't passed the other food van that you were going to have for dinner. And he was from down Trelgan Way as well. He said, are you sure he's coming? And I said, well, I presume so. I hadn't heard anything. I contacted them and said that there was a lot more people in the park, so maybe bring some more um, produce along because you might be able to sell more to the other members, not just that group. Yeah. And I rang them and I rang them and I rang them and I rang them and there was no answer. So I was starting to get a little bit nervous by about 4 o'clock. Yeah. Um. I went, had gone over to the band to make sure the boys were happy in setting up for the dance party. And as I was walking back to the caravan, I got a message from the people that were supposed to be there and said, we're not coming because I can't find a babysitter. Oh. And I said, I booked you in October. Would you not oh. have had plan A, B and C in place if the babysitters hadn't come? No, she said, no, I haven't and we're not coming. And I thought, oh, I've got 66 people to feed plus the band. What are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? So I walked around all the all the caravans and said, this is what's happened. And they said, the potatoes at lunchtime were so beautiful and we're so full, we'll just have toast. <laughs> oh, my God. So I felt really bad, but. I, there was nothing I could do. We were going to go and get pizzas and all that sort of stuff. But everyone said, no, it's okay. We're okay. Um, so, look, 
the Saturday night, I had really hyped the band up because I know how good they are. And everyone's saying, oh, yeah, sure, sure. They can't be as good as what she said they are. Anyway, <laughs> the night came, the band started uh, at 7.30. Um, we had our great giveaway prizes. Um, and the night was just phenomenal. They played for four hours. They had uh, four 10-minute breaks. That's all they had. Um, and they did entertain. They are absolutely fabulous. And um, I'd been talking to some men during the weekend and, and I said, you're coming to the dance party. Oh, yeah, but I won't be dancing. I don't <laughs> I don't dance. I don't. I won't be. I haven't danced in 30 years. I'm not dancing. And you know what? There are a couple of times when I looked around, well, I was on the dance floor every dance, but they were all up and dancing. And to, to, I went back and took photos and videos just to prove, <laughs> just to prove those people actually did get up and dance. <laughs> we had the best time and a whole lot of high fives at the end. And uh, Roger, who's one of the main organisers over in South Australia, come up to me and high fived me and said, they were even better than what you said. He said, I didn't think it would live up to what how you hyped them up, but he said they were actually better than what you said. And and I had another gentleman come up to me and he wasn't drunk by any stretch of the imagination and he gave me a hug and he said, Sue, I haven't enjoyed myself this much in 30 years. Wow. And I thought, how good is that? And it wow. just made everything all worth it. You know, mm. it was just I thought I've done it for this reason, to make people happy, you yeah. know, and just to see everyone sitting there talking and everyone up dancing and everyone was dancing with everyone, you know, it was yeah. just the best night. And then the band said to me at the end of the night, um, they announced that without me actually really wanting them, they wouldn't have got back together. Wow. So I thought. You know, it, it's about passion. It's about when you're passionate about something to really to really follow it and, and make it happen. And I thought I've changed lots of people's yep. lives in one weekend. You know, I made dance. <laughs> <laughs> I made them dance. I had the band reformed. Um, and I thought how special is this? And they had a new um, saxophonist in their band that, that they had wanted to sort of um, produce into their band and he actually used to play with the Kylie Minogue band. He travelled oh, wow. yeah, the world with Kylie Minogue in Japan and everywhere and he was absolutely phenomenal. I reckon they did a better rendition of Baker Street than Jerry Rafferty, honestly. It was... Wow. It was... Um, everyone actually stopped dancing to listen. They, they were exceptional and and I thought, oh, and I was dancing away looking thinking it's actually happening, you know. It's it's come to fruition and it's been, even though I felt like a duck, you know, paddling yep. away but underneath I was going like hell, um, it was all worth every little bit of it, you know, mm. it just phenomenal. And people the next day, you know, I said, can people come and come back? And we had to tidy up and clean the room where we had the band and stuff. I would have had a dozen people there helping me do that. 
You know, they didn't have to. I said, it's okay, mm. I'll do it. No way, we're going to come and help. You know, we vacuumed and we washed, we cleaned the toilets, we did all that sort of stuff. And and I thought, you know, it was it, they're like family, you know, they're, mm. they're just a great bunch of people. And how many times they kept telling me that they'd had such a wonderful weekend. Um, Sunday, everyone went out travelling to all over the middle of everywhere. Um, we had happy hour with Dane on Sunday evening. Um, the pad thai guy from Rose come with the most amazing Thai food. Um, but he he cooks it as you order it. So it can wow. be quite a slow queue. Yeah. And some yeah. people were in a queue for an hour and a half. But you know what? They didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care because they was over there having their own happy hour in the queue while still listening to Dane. You know, it was just it was just amazing. It was it was so good. And then on the Monday, um, that was our last day. Seventeen vans left, which left us with sixteen um, because the weather was looking pretty poor. Um, but people were still out. They were still travelling around. They were still. And Monday night of our last happy hour. They, which I never expected this in a million years, I was thanking everyone for coming and how successful it had been and everything. And they showered me with chocolates, roses, champagne. It was, and I didn't want that. I did it for them, you know, and I did it for me in the sense that I was giving back. Yeah. But they were so appreciative. They showered me with all these presents. It was just, it was just. <laughs> amazing it was just amazing isn't that awesome so what was your greatest learning out of all of this um I think the greatest learning was things go wrong at the last minute there's no and it did nearly every day things went wrong but I thought you know what they're that sort of people and um that they all coped and I tried not to panic, <laughs> even though people would say to me, Sue, just slow down, slow down. I'm thinking, but I've got to get this organised because if I don't get it organised, you know, yeah. you're going to have a good time. So um, I think my greatest learning is to be well prepared, to be really well organised, even though at the last minute that food van didn't turn up and that was completely out of my control and I didn't yeah. a backup plan to 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 fit in even though the potato man said do you want me to come back because he said I've got plenty of potatoes and I can come back and do dinner and I said oh, I don't know how many of us can eat two massive big potatoes in one day so it was really lovely of him to offer to do that yeah but it also taught me to reach out for a little bit of support and help you know because the Shire were phenomenal in helping me do a lot of that and um even though everything was a lot of my ideas, she backed me up with everything that I was mm. thinking and said, well, how about if you do this, you know, we can help you out. We bought all the outdoor pallet furniture so people could sit on that the shine with the middle of everywhere on it. And, you know, that was really good. People used them as seats. People used them as, you know, coffee tables for their wine and stuff like that. And so it's it's to, even though I did it all on my own, I, I ended up reaching out for support from the people who knew how to do things and make it easy for me, and they certainly did that. They yeah. certainly, well, I wouldn't have had the band. And, you know, that was the highlight of the weekend. Um, yeah. 
and people talked about that band still on Facebook today. They're still, wow. you know, Baker Street will never sound as good as what it was that night. <laughs> and, you know, just the fun we had, you know, just it was all about fun. You know, I had um, a couple that arrived uh, the same day as us and they're lovely people from Queensland. Oh, no, sorry, they're from New South Wales. And they said, we've been caravanning all our life and we've never, ever been to something like this and I'm not sure how it's going to go. Um, I hope it's okay. And I said, wow. you will have a great time. And they just had a ball. And he was one of the ones who said he wasn't going to dance. And he had a fantastic time. They're the most loveliest people. Um, and the feedback I've got since, I was talking to a couple just the other day there from Beechmere in Queensland. And the, in the row of caravans where they were, they have kept friends with those people and because these um, people from Queensland went down to Berwick Showgrounds, parked their van there, went to the Flower Show and, did, and used Berwick as their base. You know, they, they were catching up with other couples that they'd met at the, at the extravaganza and I thought that's what it's all about. Yep. You know, they oh. do have made lifelong friends uh, as we have um, and that's what it's all about. That's that. Oh. The most special thing of people saying, yep, we're catching up and when they come to Queensland, they're going to come and stay and this and that. And and I think by having the small group allowed that to happen, I think if it gets too big, you lose that intimacy of everyone chatting to each other. Yeah, yeah. And and on our name tags, I put where everyone was from and that started up conversation. You know, for others say, oh, you're from Beachmere. I go up there for holidays or whatever, whatever, and on they go and and, and the conversations start up, you know. Oh, and and connection has been one of the biggest um, problems, like, you know, since COVID, like people have become really disconnected. So to have anything, you know, like as a get-together where people can actually form you know, connections and uh, connections save lives. So when you said before, you know, we've changed that many lives and and you were sort of talking surface level, you know, people dance and everything else, but to a much deeper level, you know, potentially, potentially you've kept um, people alive, alive and connected, you know, just by having friendships and we, we shouldn't, I, I know that's easy to say, oh, no, that's going a bit far, Karen, you're stretching it a bit, Um I think we can dismiss the power of friendships and connections a lot, you know, pretty easy because mm-hmm. they seem superficial. But it's not because in times of need when people are, are really feeling at their lowest, you know, having those special connections and just people that they feel they can reach out to oh. is, is life-saving. So, oh, absolutely. You know, as I said, you know, the, this couple said, oh, well, we don't normally do this sort of stuff. But now they won't be frightened to do another one, you know. Yeah. We, when we went away um, earlier in the month, we went up the coast for a couple of weeks and we were at Dalmini at a caravan park and there were a couple behind us and I think they'd been there a day, maybe a day or two, um, and we'd just say hello and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I was cooking something. I can't think of what it was. And she said, this woman said to me, oh, gee, that smells nice. What are you cooking? Whatever. And we got chatting. And, you know, we have now forged a friendship 
with those couple and I was telling them about the extravaganza and what I was organising in sale and they said, oh, and they didn't have a travel caravan. They had a regent caravan and I showed them a copy of the program and they said, but we can't come because we don't have a travel caravan. And I said, but that doesn't matter. It's my event. I can ask who I want to ask. And they said, well, we'll be in sale around that time. And I said, well, come. And they said, oh, no, no, we can't. We don't have a travel caravan. And I said, but our group isn't going to ostracise you because you're not in a traveller caravan. I want you to come because you're mm. my friends and I want you to come. And, you know, those people came and um, Deb helped me enormously over the weekend and they're the sort of people that... Um, I told the group about them and how this region caravan was going to turn up and that they were scared they were going to be get egged and they said, oh, that's good, let's really, you know, give them some banter and stuff. And, you know, those couple fitted in like they were part of the Traveller group, you know, yeah. and it just goes to show that even though they felt a little bit uncomfortable, they were still um, made feel very welcome. Yeah, yeah. And... It's, it's very powerful. And and you know what? They have now made friends out of that group, even though they haven't got the travel caravan, they have, they've got friends out of that as well. And yeah. it's just so powerful, so, so powerful. And, you know, people travel large distances in their vans to do this sort of stuff. They want to, they want to make friends. They want to contribute to the communities um, as they travel as well as to their final destination. And I asked them all, um, it wasn't sort of until about the Sunday I started to think, I wonder what contribution's been made into the community. So I asked them at Happy Hour, can you please just do me a little bit of a, not a summary as I don't know, I don't want to know what you spent your money on, but just an average of what you've spent since you've been in Gippsland. Mm. And they got back to me and there was an average of uh, $1 to $1,100 per van. Wow. So that's wow. $33,000 has come into our community here in Sale and, and surroundings in Gippsland. And I thought, you know what, the Shire, the Shire's grant of $2,000 was really quite well spent for them Yep. when you compare to what, um, that group contributed back. And yeah. that, again, is another important thing. It's not all about money, but um, it, a little thing that really didn't take me that long to put together has brought so much happiness to businesses and to friendships and things. Mm. No, and that that's what I got out of it. I just, yeah, oh. it was fabulous. I think it's bloody wonderful. And, and yes, a shout-out to Ash at the Shire because she does a phenomenal job with the middle of everywhere and um, yes. I've got a lot, of, a lot of time for her. The other thing is to we should give a shout-out to the band because I think you said they were called the Uncles. Is that what you said they were called, right? Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure we were clear about the name of it in case, to give them a good shout-out because they're obviously bloody fantastic oh. and uh, and and, and uh, deserve, deserve a, a really good shout-out. What, what advice um, would you give to other? I, I, I absolutely love this. And you know what? A lot of people um, retire, you know, when they've, you know, I, I don't think your brain's ever going to retire soon. Yeah. And, and or, or, you, or you're talking, but anyway, it's funny 
wonderful. But, you know, a lot of people sort of say, oh, you know, they turn up to work nine to five, they do their thing, you know, and they're like, oh, I can't bloody wait to retire. I'm going to enjoy myself, love myself sick. And then they retire and then they don't do anything, you know, and they actually get sick like a lot of people mm-hmm do get sick and, and die early because they're just kind of like they stop and they don't, nothing, they've got no passion, they've got no, um, you know, like you're saying you had something to wake up for and you still do. You, you do your travelling and you do stuff. you got something to wake up for every day. And I just think that what you're what you're talking about, you're like you've touched on so many points, you know, as to it doesn't have to be the Traveller Caravan Club. You're yeah. just like there, there's so many other um, groups of people that get out in their caravans and travel around Australia, and you don't even have to go that far. Just travel a little distance and distance, and and meet people and sort of really, really live your life. And I'm a real caravan addict. You know, we had a little Franklin, and we wouldn't be allowed in your club. But no, <laughs> it was a little like twelve footer, and and it developed leaks, and I was so disappointed. And we ended up we ended up um, selling it for two kayaks that we've only used once. But anyway, whatever. Um, it's it. You, you know, we we're always scanning for a new caravan. You know, and should we or shouldn't we? Should we just go to cabins? Oh, I don't know. Should we? Should we? But caravanning, I've got so many fond memories from when I was a kid, and I think that caravanning is so versatile. You know, there's just so many places you can go and you, you've got your home with you and, yeah. uh, you know, it, and the friendships and the connection and, you know, I reckon life's too short and we don't know what's around the corner and we, I reckon just, you know, get out there and meet people and be with people and make yeah. friends and make yeah. connections. Talk and- people. You've got to talk to people, communicate. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of caravan parks we've been into where people put their shades up and they just, they nearly bunker down. You know, yeah. we don't do that. We we don't have shades and stuff that we do that hide behind. We want to talk to people, you know, and, you know, you find out where to go, where to eat, what to look at, yeah. where not to go, where the fish yeah. are. You know, like there's a whole range of things that you just, it's just a matter of communication and it's, it's, it's really getting off the bench and, and, and making it happen. You you can have a quiet holiday where you don't talk to anyone if that's what you prefer, or you want to go and free camp somewhere under a tree, that's fine too. But I'm not like that. I, (laughs) I love talking to people and, um, I've since been back over to the Shire, to the Information Centre, and I'm going on there on a voluntary basis. To the oh, good. Centre. Yeah, they really want me to come over and join in with them. Um, Michael, who's the team leader over there, he's a fabulous guy. And I was talking to him the other day. He said, yes, yes, you have letters coming through. So I'm going to imagine all the people I can talk to at the Information Centre. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> fabulous. It's going to be so good. <laughs> and it's also, you know, when they have their events, when they have their air show and all those things, I can go and talk to more people. <laughs> ah, Sue, but you've actually got to stop talking so they can go and do their thing. Oh, I know, I know. I know. So, um, it's me being passionate about, you know, about where we live, what we do. I know. And yeah. I really put it all back to that COVID testing centre that I was the team leader in because it just opened my eyes how much pleasure I get out of giving back to people and creating a team. It, if your team is no good, 
your business yep. you've got to have that um vibrant team you've got to have you've got to have a fun um portion yep. of your team because if you don't you won't have a team you know mm-hmm. and and you're always striving for for the best outcome and I sort of chose to do the extravaganza a bit on my own because I thought then I've only got myself to blame if it doesn't if it doesn't work out. No, I did. I thought I don't I don't want to have to say, oh geez, you shouldn't have done it that way, or maybe how could we have done it that way? I'm only I was only questioning me, you know, and and with the shy support in in the background there, I sort of knew I was on the right track. Um but I found the group that we were a team. In the group, we we're a team. Yeah. You know yeah. that that's how I looked at it, and that's that's how I love to work. Um, it's really important, really, really. Mm. But I also think that the um the the Shire and the Information Centre and you know all the local businesses giving their stuff like that that is a team. Do you, you oh, know, even though absolutely. even though it might be just you organising it, that's still it's still everybody coming together, and and the and the fact that you're you know your leadership in that sense. Do you know you you are, you are leading these people to you know to help and to support and everything else. Like you're the linchpin that's keeping it all together. And I think you know that there's what what are the words? There's qualities that need to sit in a person to do that. Do you, you know you mm-hmm. you can't be dominating people and you can't be. Um, blocking people out do you like there's there's something about the personality and the qualities and the character of a person who can pull these things together do you know and have oh, people absolutely. jump on board you know it, it's not everyone can do it and, and it's a it is a quality. However, I shouldn't say it like that because what I, I don't I want to encourage other people to to do similar to what you've done and to say to them, get off the bench, have a crack at it. So yeah. it's not it's not necessarily that nobody can do it, but if you're going to do it, you know, you've got to consider how how am I treating other people around yeah, me? Right. How am I involving them? And 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 I love the thought of um knowing your why. You know, why am I doing this? And when you know that and you're passionate about why you're doing. You just sell it anyway, do you know? It just right. it oozes out and people yeah. say, oh, shit, oh, I want some of that. Oh, let me in. <laughs> so. It depends too on the situation, you know, like when we're in the in the COVID testing site, we, we come across anomalies all the time and it was very team-based in the sense that, okay, right, this lady's going to come through on her bike to get a, a PCR test and she's not allowed, she's got to be confined and how are we going to get around doing that sort of stuff, you know? Very much team involvement with ideas and solutions and things in that environment. Yeah. Um, when, when you're coming across anomalies and, and issues and you think, hang on a minute, we can't, we can't have this happen again tomorrow because we've got to get these people through. So it was really, really team involvement there. Whereas what yeah. I did with this was a, was a bit different in the sense that it was always, well, you know, even though I had a few stumbling blocks along the way, um, it wasn't like it was at the COVID site. Two, two, two entirely different things. Yeah. But you still got to have fun along the way, you know. Mm. But you've got to get to your desired outcome. Um, yeah, and you know we had we had very strict stats had to meet 
for those COVID testing sites. The rules were always changing. People would get there confused. They didn't know. They said, oh, it's changed again last night. What have we got to do? And, you know, we had to be up to date and we had to um, make sure that, that the, the public knew that we were competent in what we were doing and telling them. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, and we'd have to say, if you're not sure, ring the COVID hotline. You know, we aren't the government. Ring the COVID hotline. And and people were frantic. People were frantic. We had people there in tears. We had a, a, um, a woman there whose father had just passed away and they couldn't hold the funeral and she just sat in the car and cried for half an hour. And, you know, and we had all that sort of stuff we had to deal with. Um, oh. A lot different to what the extravaganza was, but it's still problem-solving. You know, it's it, it's still that thinking outside the square, and yeah. But there's something else that I'm seeing that you might not be seeing. So in 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 your character, in your leadership, and that is transparency, mm. and and which is which goes across both of those two things. Do you you know you you had your you had your really solid team at the COVID site, but you were saying to them, guys, I don't know what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? I don't know what to do with the bloody bike. You know, how are we going to measure? How are we going to work this out? And so the, the transparency was, well, I don't have all the answers, so let's talk about it. Yeah. And then at the extravaganza, it's, it's extravaganza. It's kind of like, well, all this went wrong, and I'm just going to be honest about it. Do you? I'm just going to be yeah. transparent. About yeah, it. that's right. And and yeah. that is good. That's good leadership in any situation, you know, because if you're just trying to be, um, oh, well, I don't want anyone to think I'm an idiot, I can't say anything, that shit doesn't work no. because people can see through you like, That's, you know. And yeah. Well, see, Friday night when the movie, when we got back from dinner, we went out to Sporting Legends for dinner, 45 of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got back from dinner and that, there's the, the blow-up screen was there you know, everyone's gone and get their rugs and their camp chairs to sit and watch. And I walked over to Michael. He was there with Rob from the Info Centre and he said to me, we can't get the projector to talk to the DVD player. We can't play the film. And I went, okay. <laughs> I thought, right, now what will I do? So I thought, right, people were coming with their chairs and blankets and ready, you know, nearly had their popcorn and stuff ready to watch the movie. And I thought, I've got to, I've got to do something. So I ran over to the caravan and I got my little boom box and I went back over to the movie screen and we're going to watch the man from Snowy River. So I got the man from Snowy River soundtrack on my phone and played it on the boombox. And people just sat down and just relaxed and just waited. And, you know, if I hadn't have done that, they would have thought, oh, well, this is no good, it's not going to work, we're going back to the caravan and yeah. we're in the caravan. But I, I set an atmosphere and people just went, okay, it'll come on soon. And it did. They got it to work. So it, it's a matter of that sort of lateral thinking is how am I going to fix this without showing that it's actually really could be a stuff-up and there's going to be no movie at all, you know. But it didn't and it worked well. And um, we sat there and watched that movie and, honestly, the quality of the sound and everything that come through the speakers that were on the ground, a couple of times during the, it was um, movie one of Man for Sorry River, a couple of times I thought there was a bloody cow coming in the showground. <laughs> How good the sound effects were. I'm thinking, hell, where's that cow come from? It was so good. And the birds in the trees, and I literally thought there were birds in the trees, but it was 10 o'clock at night, so why would there be birds twittering in the trees? But, you know, everyone just said how amazing was that to sit out. It was like being at the old drive-in theatre, you know, yeah. sitting outside watching a movie under the stars. Yeah. 
And yeah. and one of the ladies came up to me and she said, oh, can we watch movie two? And I went, oh, she goes, it's up past ten. Do you think we should go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, without just putting that music on, I would have lost a lot of those people. They would have they would have all vamoosed back to their vans. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, so. Oh, I've loved this. I've absolutely loved this. It's a, you know, and now um, normally I would ask um, now where can people find you, uh, but I'm not going to because you know I get people on here that have got businesses and websites and all that kind of stuff and want people to go follow them. Um, you are quite uh, private on your Facebook page and everything, you know, and in your personal life. But so I'm not going to do that. But I will say that. Um, you know, there may be some people who do want to contact you and reach out to you and say, Sue, I'd love to do that in my town and I don't know, you know, where to start. Are you happy if people uh, send me an email and I can get them on to you? Do you want yeah, to do, sure. do yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that, yeah. I'm in my element when I'm event planning. I've worked that out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love it. So if anyone wants to send, just go through um, my karenvaughan.com website. You can send an email through there and uh, just, you know, head it, uh, head it up, Sue, or whatever you want to do. You know, where can I find Sue? Whatever. And and, and I'll, I'll get it to Sue for you. So thank, so thank you so much for joining me. This has been, it's been fantastic. And I really think that you know, the way you've walked us through it, it, it's kind of like, oh, so this happened, then this happened, then I think it's made it really realistic for people, you know, to say, well, if I wanted to do that and and how ideas come about and and how, oh, God, I've got an idea, that would be fantastic, you know, and and just how to piece it together and it's it's. It's been phenomenal, and I'm so I'm so freaking glad that it, that it was such a success. I really am, and yeah. yes, yes, we live in a beautiful area. We really do. We do, and I mean, I've had a lot of people um, comment on the page saying they just didn't even want it to end. They wanted it to continue. Oh my god! And I thought, you know, that sort of feedback is just amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, fantastic. And you know, you just got to look outside the square, ask for a bit of help and support, and and it opens doors for you. Well, you need a bloody big pat on the back because <laughs> I think you've done a, you've done a phenomenal bloody job. You really have. Oh, thanks, so. Karen. Thank you. Thank you. I oh, loved every bit of it. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I was watching. It's fantastic. <laughs> Just, <laughs> for the roulette flyover, like goodness me. <laughs> I think that's fantastic because we where we live in Sale, it is um we get a roulette show like you know a couple of times a week while they're practicing and that sort of stuff. So I reckon that just don't worry, Sue. Just say you organise it. <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't even see it because I was coming out of the building. That was the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we we are pretty blessed to be living up here. Oh, but yeah. you, you get it most of the time. Yeah, so that's right. They're over, they're going over every day. It's just a, I didn't even hear them because I hear them all the time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, I run outside. Oh, me boys, and I run outside the door and watch them. And oh, especially when they're you know really practicing, like yeah. really practicing as a group and their, their loops and stuff. But they're just they're phenomenal as well. But anyway. So thank you so, so, so very much. I mean, yeah, that's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Oh, my absolute pleasure. All right, we'll catch up soon. Probably see you next door. Okay. Go down. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>
Oh, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I absolutely loved that. I didn't get a word in, but I'll tell you what, Buddy Sue is so passionate and and loves what she does. And, you know, it, it's, it just goes to show that, you know, if you bloody know what, why you're doing something and what your passion is about, you can achieve it. And, and as Sue was saying, you know, I, I didn't really know what to do. I just did step by step and I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? And things fall into place. The whole idea about reaching out to people and 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 telling them what you're doing really does matter and really does work. And you know what? Most people want to help. Most people want to step up and say, hey, I can give you a hand with that. Or I know what I can do. Here, let me throw in, you know, a 10% voucher or whatever. Most people want to get involved and help. So please, you know, if you've got something on your mind that you think, gee, that would be fantastic here or there, or I'd love to organize an event don't don't put a lid on it. You know, don't stop yourself from doing it because you can bring so much joy to people and you can change the world. And when we Sue and I were talking about, you can actually change your life. So if that's something you want to do and you're really passionate about it, I hope that, you know, listening to Sue has given you almost a step-by-step um, plan of how to do that. So I've, I absolutely love that. I love Sue's enthusiasm. I love her passion. And, you know, I, I love that I get to see her very often in person. She's just a fantastic person. So I hope you got a lot out of that. I'm going to stop talking. Thanks again for joining me every week and I'll see you again next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.